This is a HeadGum Podcast. If there's something preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Conveniently connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling, and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. Um, now, uh, normally for these ads, we like to bring in the Butterman from Pearl Jam's song, Can't Find the Butterman, whose site, BetterHelp.com, will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional dairy pissed uh but he's asked me to take this time to really flesh out the character we've developed for butterman's arch nemesis mean mr margarine uh which we haven't been able to get to work over the last few spots uh so we can kind of do a a story arc reboot next time and and really get this thing going so i'm going to use the copy i have in front of me as a jumping off point and then we'll see where we are Okay, so with BetterHelp, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Great. Um, So that makes me think that one of me and Mr. Margarine's traits is that he is neither timely nor thoughtful, and you can't schedule weekly sessions with him. Uh, With me and Mr. Margarine, a session will just diabolically appear on your calendar when you thought you had a free day to binge watch The Great British Bake Off. Okay. With BetterHelp, you never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. And that's that's actually what Mean Mr. Margarine's evil castle looks like when he captures you. It's a waiting room, and the only magazine they have is Margarine Weekly. And if you read too much of it, it exacerbates any existing problems you have with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, or self-esteem. BetterHelp, of course, has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in these matters, and anything you share is confidential. With me and Mr. Margarine, everything you share is confidential, too, actually. So that is a point of similarity. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. And me and Mr. Margarine has a convenient, professional, and affordable radiation device that he's going to use to turn the moon into a spreadable oil-based emulsion, which will eventually cause the planet to spin out of orbit and freeze, bringing about the untimely end of everything we've ever known. Okay, I think we're really getting somewhere now. Um, So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash babysitters. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash babysitters. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book. What became a call? Now it's time the Babysitter's Club. Look who's back. Yep. Baby Nation. Jackie's back. Back again. Yep. Jackie's back. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Look who's back. Look who's back. Look okay. Who's back, I, back, you don't have to back, do the whole fucking thing. Do, 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 do. People do, honestly get it from. Do, 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 do. Jesus God. Do. What do I do to deserve this? Tanner, we read a book this week, did we not? I read a book today. <laughs> oh, you crammed that one right down your yum hole, huh? I crammed it right down my yum hole. Mm. I, I brought it up to the last Baby Nation, not to take off the pants and jacket and expose ourselves, but Jack and I are recording on a Tuesday night this week. Uh-huh. We agreed that we would meet at 8.10. I was ready at 8.10. Jack was ready at 8.25, as oh, usual. People love it when you get hung up on those and of our recording. I brought people it up that. right to... I was still reading at 8 p.m. tonight. Wow. 
finishing <laughs> up the book. Well, I hope you fucking took it all in because there's a lot going on in this one. It's our last Abby book. Last Abby book. Abby died at the end. It was it was Abby's last chance to persuade us one way or the other. Abby made some moves this week. She made some Abby moves. made some interesting moves. I feel like you got to be either when you read this book, you got to be either a Ross guy or an yeah. Abby guy. Yeah. That you got to pick a side. I don't want to pick the side of the like obnoxious incel nerd, milady. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going to pick Abby. Okay, yeah. That was a trick question. <laughs> Me too, but Abby didn't wasn't great. Abby was not great and she never is, but at least she wasn't Ross. Yeah. An interesting novel this week. Yeah. Good. Good. No babysitting. Two plots yeah. totally 100% un- disconnected from one another. Completely disconnected. From two one s- two this was two small books within one one small book. Yeah. It won't surprise you once we reveal who the ghostwriter was. Yeah. What the second B-plot was about. Yeah. But first, I guess we should introduce the show. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Oh, shit. I what did you, you just say? I said love. <laughs> I, was, I was watching you. Baby Nation Tanner was like, he was taking a sip of beer while I was talking, and I was like, he's never going to get to club with me. And then I forgot to say my part. I and aborted he, on the beer. He aborted on the beer. He went for a club, and I was just like, I forgot what we were saying, and I just came in on love. <laughs> you really struggle with this sometimes, don't you? No, Baby you Nation, last week I me. edited the episode, and on two separate occasions, we do this thing where we count in before we start recording to sync up our audio tracks. And on two separate occasions, Jack said eight for me. <laughs> that's me being a control freak because he was anticipating me saying eight i say your numbers as well yeah. <laughs> let's take that from the top hi hi and welcome to the babysitter's club club, club. i'm jack shepherd <sighs> there was that swig of beer i was aiming for my name is now was once and no. will now, forever be okay. Tanner Daniel Greenring. <laughs> you really made a meal of that one. And we are working our way through the great sitter's cycle. A series of novels about a series of babysitters by the hand that shakes. I am talking about the princess of the Prince of Towns, of course, St. Annabel Matthews Martin. You might know her as the mother of clocks or the bane to bats. She is Stormborn, a soul skinner, the first of her name, the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind. This week, we're going to be discussing a novel called Abby's Un-Valentine. The final Abby book. The final Abby book. Abby's... In the... Main canon. Abby's closing argument. Secondary canon. Well, we haven't quite decided what the canon is. In the dark timeline, the Ur timeline. Yeah. It's the 27th book in the Ur timeline. And Abby wasn't in the sequel series. She wasn't in the sequel series. Meaning books 1 through 35. 1 through 100. Oh, right, right, right. Right. She wasn't in the Martin series. 
books one through 35, and she yeah. was very, very late on the scene in the sequel series. Right. Books 35 through 100. Yeah. We're still unclear on the chronology, which is unfortunate because we're really winding our way to a close Well, there's here. Three, three series. Yeah. There's the Martin series, which is books one through 35, penned by Anne M. Martin. Uh-huh. They came out first, but they're actually a sequel right. to the prequel series, the Urtext, Ur- right. which is books 101 through 131. Right, which we believe that Anne found on her yeah. travels. And that's the darkest timeline. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, what would you call them? So it's the prequel series, the the original series, and mm-hmm. the sequel series. Right. Anne and Martin's books are the original series. The prequel series are the Urtext. Right. And then the sequel series is 36 the through League of Extraordinary 100. Ghost Riders. Yeah, exactly. It's very complicated. We don't make the rules here. There's a very complicated way, order in which to read them called the hatchet. Yeah. Which is you read one, half of one book and then you go and you read like a whole nother book. Here's what I recommend, Baby Nation, and I recommend that you do this with our podcast as well. Read book one and book 100 at the same time. Then book two and then book 101 at the same time. That's actually pretty smart. Actually. Do that until you get to 31. Yeah. Right? Then you read the four more books that are just and books by themselves till you get to 35. Read then those in one sitting. In one sitting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those yeah, yeah. four make a quadrilogy. A quadriptic. Yeah. And it's important that you read those four in one sitting so that they can speak to each other. Then you read books 35 through 100. Well, you 35 read books- to 99. Yeah. Yeah. Just as you would normally read a Babysitter's Club book. Right. Happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs> Tanner, should we talk about this? Oh! Oh! Something's yeah. happening to me. Oh, my God. Jack, are oh. you okay? Oh, just something came over me. I just, like, got tingles, like, all down my whole body. Oh, that sounds like Susanity, which is weird this week. Yeah. I, no. <laughs> That sounds like full-blown wania. Are you okay, man? Well, It's weird that you're experiencing symptoms of Susanity and wania yeah. when this week we didn't have a Suzanne Wayne book. I know that you have had symptoms of wania, and you've talked to a doctor about it. Have they ever talked to you about the possibility of, like, as a symptom or a side effect of wania, yeah. having a, a full-on thack attack? No, he's never mentioned that. Okay. Well... My doctor's a woman. He so. did one time mention how we accidentally had the same bit for two different ghostwriters. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking nice doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, do you guys ever realize you do the same? Like, I'm pretending to be sick about something for two different <laughs> ghostwriters. Sounds like a great fucking guy. Yeah, he's a listener. Yeah. Anyway, I just had a thack attack. I'm okay now. Do you say your doctor's a woman? Yeah. That's very progressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so what does your male doctor say to you about um, whether or uh, not... You-, you know, we talk about, like, football and wearing yeah. condoms and we have sex. <laughs> male condoms. Yeah no. yeah. no, of course. Yeah, of course. So it's pretty cool. That's nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, I really thought it was a real Nolan one this week. I thought it was a Nolan one, too. Yeah. I mean, 
Nola is doing her best, and we'll obviously get into our hit segment about Nola when after we've introduced the the podcast and we've oh. done our book recaps. Do we have a hit segment? But, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know okay. the hit segment about Nola. Great. Yep. Okay. I ain't no okay. Nola fat girl. What? Is that what it's called? You're pretending like it's your first time you've ever done our hit segment about Nola. Okay. <laughs> Fine. What about we describe the novel and then we'll see what that sounds like. Okay. Okay. I'm going to describe the novel, then I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy, and I'll have you describe the novel. Um, I'm going to warn you up front, I need to do another um, kind of posh English accent for this one, just that's the way it was written. It's not my fault. Whatever. I don't care. Obviously, Baby Nation is going to fucking lose it. I just wanted to warn you up front, because normally when I do Baby Nation, prepare yourselves now. Hashtag swoon. Jack's going to do his dumb, handsome British accent that everyone loves. I'm not going to do my own English accent. Oh, okay. You're going to do an English accent. I'm going to do an English accent. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to describe this novel. Baby Nation, prepare yourselves now. Hashtag swoon. (laughs) Beginning... 10 years of this shit. <laughs> My fucking Everyone fault. Loses their shit when Jax speaks in an English language. I'm going to begin describing this novel now. Unserious, unseasoned, and unencumbered with anything like the restraint or the solicitude that might be expected of a worthier gentleman. Ross Brown is nonetheless undeterred in his relentless pursuit of that entirely superior creature, the urbane and enchanting Abby Stevenson. Unflattered, unpersuaded, and unimpressed by such a shabby display from her suitor, Abby Stevenson is decidedly uninterested in pursuing a further connection. But with the Valentine's Day ball fast approaching, unless someone is willing to do something to set things right, Ross is about to find out just what it means to be an un-Valentine. Abby's un-Valentine. Nailed it. Hashtag nailed it. They finished my description. Yeah. See, here's the thing. You don't necessarily even have to react to the description. You could say something else. I just, we got to keep things moving. Um. <laughs> uh, I thought your description was fine. I didn't pay attention very closely. Is that <laughs> what you want to hear? No, that's not what I want to hear. I want to continue talking about this novel. Abby had an unvalentine this week. Nola was coining some words. An unvalentine. Unvalentine. Abby has decided that she is not interested in the following things. Yeah. Valentine's Day. Boys. Boys. Dances. Ross. Ross Brown. Woo, boy, is she uninterested in Do Ross Brown. Do you think Brown? Ross Brown is related to Gordon Brown? I had that, you know what? I had that same fucking thought. <laughs> Probably, right? I was like, this is nothing but Ross Brown is, first of we've heard of him, the only other Brown we know is Gordon Brown. Gordon Brown, former prime minister. Yeah. To give you a taste of how uninterested Abby is in Ross Brown this week, Baby Nation, here's their first interaction. So you do agree that romance is not a bad thing, Ross said. We made it to the hall. Time to go to math class. Since I didn't have a perfect homework paper to flaunt in front of Miss Frost, I didn't mind lingering a little. Romance is not a bad thing in its place, 
uh, like uh, the Valentine's Day dance? That's good. Ross said, uh, yeah, I guess. I conceded. So, uh, you want to go? Go where? For a moment, I thought Ross was talking about class. Then I saw him duck his head. <gasps> to the dance, <laughs> he said to his feet. With me. The Valentine's Day dance? Here at SMS? I was incredulous. Yes, he said. <laughs> no, I said. No. <laughs> he looked surprised. He looked taken aback. He looked hurt. Maybe I'd been a little rude. Ross, I began. I truly don't buy into all this stuff. Nothing personal, but I'm just not that kind of person. Abby doesn't believe in Valentine's Day. She doesn't believe in romance. Yeah. She doesn't believe in love. Do you think it's because her dad died? I think she is resisting the system that she exists within. That's good. Like and that. I think the system she exists within is called Stony Brook, Connecticut, a yep. town obsessed mm-hmm. with Valentines, a town obsessed with romance, a town obsessed with fertility, wow. a town obsessed with generating more babies. Good. Powerful. Brilliant. At least two weeks before the date, the memos on the bulletin board next to the principal's office, appeared on red paper, including a memo about the school's Valentine's Day dance. On red paper cut into a heart shape, in case we missed the point. Teachers began to decorate their classrooms with paper heart chains strung from one end of the room to the other. Really fanatic teachers even taught about Valentine's Day. Dolly One, one of the two teachers at SMS with more than a passing resemblance to Dolly Parton, also known as Mrs. Bernhard, my history teacher, gave us a little lesson on St. Valentine, who may or may not have been a mythical figure. The town is obsessed. The adults of Stony Brook are obsessed with Valentine's Day, and I think it all comes back to this proliferation of babies. Right. Of cities. Yep. They're constantly generating new babies. What's the deal, as we used to say, with Stony Brook? Why? Are there so many babies? Why are there so many babies? Well, Why is the deal? everybody making so many babies? Yeah. Um, no, that's a really good point. That's a really good catch. Everybody catches Valentine's fever. Except this outsider. Except this outsider who was not born and raised in Stony Brook. Yeah. Here's another one. And this is like, I think this fits with the, the notion that maybe everybody knows that things are going wrong. Maybe everyone has always known that it's going to end in fire that this whole thing is careening towards disaster. Listen to this. I did notice that some people seemed a little over the top about their couple status, and I don't just mean PDA. I mean, the way some guys and girls clung to each other, they looked as if they were afraid they'd die or something if they didn't let go. Everybody, why do you think everybody's making babies, clinging on to each other as if they were going to die tomorrow if they don't it's let go? It's almost like it's like a, like mating season. <laughs> it's like these chemical signals. I now check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. it's a little late in the canon to be introducing new theories, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but have they ever said in the series of books so far... Mm-hmm. Have they ever said that Stony Brook and its residents and these girls are not 
Mm-hmm. Salmon. <laughs> I'd have to look back. I'm not sure they've ever said whether or not they are salmon. I can search my notes. Because this is just like the, the like mating and the like swimming upstream to like find a, a mating pool and everyone's kind of like sticking to one another and then they all like release and they all get eaten up by grizzly bears or whatever. Holding on to one another as though if they let go, they would die because they would be consumed by grizzly bears. So here's all I've got for salmon. It's from book number 86. Okay. Marianne and Camp BSC. So now I was headed downstairs to help Dawn set the table and start lunch, which was really a brunch menu, cold poached salmon. Sharon's recipe. Mmm, said Dad. Something smells good. Homemade bread, said Dawn. Interesting. So. Interesting. That's the one reference. Yeah, huh. Well, you know, it's it's another one of those, you know, the the wide web of bread theory touches another yeah, aspect of these books. I mean, it may also be the case that bees tenor need to mate or they'll die. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, probably. Yeah, neither of us knows. No, neither of us knows. We don't so, have any apiologists. Yeah. On staff. You mean biologists. I'm pretty sure apes don't die after they're done breeding but i do think i know that one before we move on from this stuff <laughs> sorry i meant biologist i did mean biologist yeah yeah we do have an apiologist baby be alley maybe be alley yeah or maybe alley resident monkey scientist please let us know whether or not apes and monkeys die yeah once they're done breeding and also if you could let us know whether bees have to mate or they'll die how would she know that if you're a monkey monkey scientists are very smart and they probably talk to the other kinds of scientists animal scientists yeah yeah i feel like an apiologist might at least have a passing knowledge of what's going on with bees yeah also let us know if a sentient dogs are a thing and b Mm. if they were whether or not they could write children's books right as well as nola does but anyway, before we move on, I just want to say bee theory may have been completely misguided and wrong, and actually, these girls are salmon. Could be salmon. It's too late to change the t-shirt. We'll print new shirts. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to look into it. Yeah. We will definitively get back to you on this. If we yeah. were wrong, we're going to correct the record. Right. We'll re-record all those episodes. Yeah. Tanner, I was thinking maybe you could describe this novel. Oh, shoot. You think so? Yeah. How about I put 60 seconds on this big bad clock, and during those 60 seconds, you describe every single thing that happened in this novel, Abby's Un-Valentine. What's something? Oh, shoot. What is that? What do you mean? What is that? Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Okay. It's nothing. It's just like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Okay. Well, you got to get your mind ready. My mind is ready. It's flexible. I have, um, what's it called? Elasticity? Is that a thing? Sure, man. Brain elasticity? Whatever whatever it takes to get us to me hitting start on this clock. I've got brain elasticity. Okay. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I am. I'm going to begin now. Okay, so it's 
Valentine's Day, and Abby has a suitor. Abby hates Valentine's Day. She hates it. She hates dating. She hates dances. She hates Valentine's Day. But she has a suitor called Ross Brown, and he's into the following things. Um, uh, orchestral music. Um, not sports. <laughs> Scoliosis. <laughs> That's so... She's like, that's weird. I don't think I really like you, and I don't want to go to the dance with you. And he asks her anyway, and and he also loves poetry. That was the third thing, not scoliosis. Uh, and he's like, I'm gonna go with you anyway, and and pursues her further and further. And then he she comes up with a scheme to set him up with um, her sister called Anna, who's into orchestral music and has scoliosis and likes poetry and they do a flip freaky Friday flip and he realizes what's going on and he gets mad at them but then he goes to the dance with anna anyway b plot they're giving up scout back to guide dog training and time um i won't i'm not going to compliment you on your work there but you did get a lot of the plot out yeah um do we have a nola segment um i don't think do you do you have a nola segment no oh I thought you said you had one. I don't know. Just check. Calm down. Okay. Breathe in. Breathe out. Hands up. Now hands down. Back up. Back up. Tell me what you're going to do now. Keep Nola, 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 Nola. (laughs) What? Keep Nola, 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 Nola. Come on. (laughs) I forgot we do have a Nola segment. Well, it's the moment that baby nation. It's your favorite segment. The Nola Thacker moment. The moment when we realized that this book could not have been penned by anyone other than a sentient dog. Mm -hmm. Jack, what was your Nola moment this week? I had like six. (laughs) (laughs) Nola, I love you. I love you. And I am in love with your work. But it's so pathetic. <laughs> this book is about how Abby thinks that Valentine's Day is uncool and is trying to figure out how to turn down Ross Brown. And then, like, every three chapters, she's like, hey, remember that we introduced a, a seeing eye dog? Yeah. The last time I wrote a book? Remember that Seeing Eye Dog I introduced last time I wrote a book that we literally haven't, no other ghostwriter has brought up since? <laughs> she was just like, hey, Ellen, remember to put Scout in your book? <laughs> and Ellen's like, yeah, whatever, Nola. Ellen's like, uh, I could see through time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like you didn't have one, and that's fine, Jack. You know, so apparently you forgot about the in segment entirely, so I guess we're not doing it this week. Okay, fine. Here it is. We all look to Jesse. She continued. Well, maybe Andrew feels sort of like Scout. You know, Scout leaves, Andrew leaves. Maybe he's worried that if Scout can go away and not come back, that could happen to him too. There is a part of the B-plot, which is that Andrew, Karen's brother, is afraid that if Scout the dog is given to the seeing-eye dog people, Andrew himself will be given away. Huh. Interesting. I would be worried, too, if I were Andrew. You think they're going to give him away? They're fucking giving everyone away. What happened to Boo Boo? He died. Apparently, according to this book. It's the first I fucking heard of it. Anne's just killing off characters. She's getting rid of people. She's jettisoning people now. So Andrew should be fucking worried. 
do you want to, we finally discovered what happened to boo-boo yeah this is the first time they've actually admitted it to us isn't it yeah it's the first time they talked about it but in a fucking literal parenthetical do you want to read it oh i didn't write it down i'm not ready to talk about it i'm not ready to talk about it i if if nola in her fucking okay, well i did write it down so do you want to quietly sing the lyrics to i'll be missing you while i read it because no, that's what I'm not i was ready. gonna do i'm not ready i'm f- frankly not ready Okay, so should we just sing the quietly sing the lyrics to "I'll Be Missing You" together? Because I I don't want to miss the opportunity. Uh, but then who would talk about Boo Boo? Okay, well, how about I just read the thing and we don't talk about, we don't sing. Apparently, hey baby nation, sorry, we don't sing "I'll Be Missing You" this week. Okay, I'll fucking sing the lyrics to "Fucking I'll Be Missing You." Yeah, that's what I thought. Quietly, please, and the Faith Evans part. Is it Faith Evans? Yeah, I'm trying. Where do I find it? genius google i'll be missing you lyrics ding dong god it's like you've never googled before no fuck you fuck you fuck you don't you fucking dare sing a song that makes me sing a song no this is coming coming out doesn't it start where he's like one last time yeah man it's in there well it's not it is one black morning when this life is over, I know I'll see your face. Every day that passes is a day that I get closer to seeing you again. Okay. We miss you big and we won't stop because we can't stop. Okay, That's I right. Got it. God. All right, I got it. Okay. Ready? Yeah, sing quietly and please sing well. I'm obviously going to sing well. To the best of your abilities. And I know they're meager, but okay. extend yourself here. You start, and I'll come in. Okay. Okay, go. This goes out to everyone who's lost someone. Seems like yesterday we used to rock the show. See, this is quietly, it doesn't start quietly. with that. No, just do Hey, Jack. Yeah. Be cool. I'm trying to be cool. Every day I wake up, I hope I'm dreaming. I can't believe this shit. Can't believe you ain't here. Do the Faith Evan part. The chorus. Every step I take, every move I make. Okay, ready? Yeah. Sing nice, though. Okay, hang on. This is taking you so long to to ramp up to it. I'm trying to sing it along with the thing. (laughs) Every step I take. Every move I make It's good Every single day Every time I pray I'll be missing you Their cranky old cat boo-boo Recently went to the great mouse hunting grounds in the sky When you went away That's it, that's the whole passage What a life to take What a bond to break I'll be missing you Jack is right. It is, it is all contained within a parenthetical. I miss you big. <laughs> boo-boo. I mean, I miss you, boo-boo. Boo-boo was big. <laughs> big cat. I thought that went really well. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty quick passage, so I'm sorry I made you do all that. <laughs> what was your Nola moment? Uh, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it later? It, apart from, and not in the segment where we talk about what our Nola moment was? Okay, fine, fine. No, we'll talk about it later after I'm done. Um, I mean, it might come up later when we're talking about my... <gasps> <gasps>
Oh, Jesus, I hate it. What was your tearful moment? It was right after yours. You want me to read mine first now? No, no, no. It was right after the moment you just did your Nola. It was right after your Nola moment. Okay. I can tell... I can tell Scout likes you, Claudia said. And you love Scout. She's your good friend. Andrew nodded. After a moment, Claudia said, You've been lucky that Scout could live with you until she grew up enough to learn how to be a guide dog. (laughs) I just like... I'm going to say it again because I'm worried that I hit dog a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Enough to learn to be a guide dog. And you've done a really good job. You think so? Andrew asked. I know it. When Scout goes to school, I believe she'll be the best dog in her class. When she graduates, someone who wants her very badly and who needs a dog to be her friend and a guide will be so happy to be partners with Scout. Andrew hung his head. But she'll be gone. She (sighs) won't be mine anymore. She'll always be yours a little bit, Andrew. She'll never forget you, just as you'll never forget her. That's hard, Claudia said sympathetically. It would make me sad. He nodded, then sat in silence for a few minutes. Then Claudia said, I brought a book about a dog that works as a guide dog. (laughs) Maybe you'd like me to read it over with you. And to Scout too, of course. I keep Nola, 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 Nola. What? <laughs> Plug in your own books. Plug in your own dog books. Oh. <laughs> in a BSC, eh, Nola? Well, well, well. I just happen to know a really great young adult book about dogs <laughs> that maybe you'd be interested in. You might be interested in. Andrew and the children out there reading <laughs> Babysitter's Club. What a time to do it. Right in the middle of a tearful moment. What a time to break for commercial, Nola. Yeah. You got us all ramped up. Well, guess what I wrote down under my tearful moment section? What? I'm not going to let Nola manipulate me with this bullshit. Nobody fucking cares about your dog subplot, Nola Thacker. No. You're just using it to hawk books. You're just using it to hawk books, Yeah, I fucking... I cried. I cried when Christy said... You have to tell Scout it's okay to go. And Andrew said, I know. Yeah, yeah. I cried. Yeah. But I'm not going to fucking talk about that and justify your commercial. I'm not going to line your pockets with my tears, Nola. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Go to hell. I ain't no Nola Thack girl. I, I ain't no Nola Thack girl. Tanner. Uh, I think that break- we should- we should take a break, and then I'm going to introduce a new segment. Talking about breaking for commercials, that's what something you just said a moment ago. Okay, fine. I think we should take a little break. Yeah. You should say goodbye, then I'm going to introduce... Okay, he's, uh, he just... I, as soon as I say that, he reaches to turn off his recording. So he can, literally, even if he inadvertently says something, even if I compel him to say something, the recording is off, so it won't be captured. Goodbye. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's, jerks, jumping jerks, Jack's Jumping Jerks, and Tanner's Tiny, tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to 
to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're now back. But I'm, now I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep at playing least as 70, much as you 000. want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and w- I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite size. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> Tanner. Jack. Welcome back and welcome to, Tanner, I think probably the hottest segment in the history. Yeah, you're talking up this segment a lot. The Babysitter's Club. Club. Really excited to hear it. So I don't have a name for it yet. Uh, We can workshop that. And I don't know how to introduce it. Okay, well, we can workshop that too. Okay. Can you tell me about the segment without giving it away so that we can workshop the title and intro without giving too much away about the actual substance of the segment? What would that look like, me telling you about the segment without giving it away? What would that sound like? You tell me. You tell me, because I don't know what the segment is. Okay. Well, do you know... Is there a character in particular? Is there a topic in particular? Do you... I'll ask you a question. Yeah. Do you know what's cool? Do I know what is cool? Yeah. Um, I feel like I've got 
some ideas. Okay. About what's cool, mostly based on well, Babysitters Club books. Right. That's useful for this. Do you know what's not cool? Um. Yep. Okay. Also, my, large my knowledge base on that is largely from built from Babysitters Club books. Great. Well, that's perfect because welcome to my hot new segment, which is called "Is This Cool." Is this cool? Is this cool? Let's work on that title. Okay. Cool or fool? No, that's very bad. That's not cool. What's cool is cold, so it's like welcome to the freezer. Mm. That's not, that's too cold. That's too cold. What rhymes with cool? School. That's cool. Cool school. Cool school is cool. I like cool school. The school is not cool though. No, but this is a school to teach you how to be cool. Welcome to the cool school. No, here's the thing. I like welcome to the cool school. And then it's like ring, 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 ring. And it's like cools in session. Oh, that, okay. Now we're talking. And then you, it's like a bell. Yeah. It's cools in session. And then you, maybe we say, you say like your thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an A or an F. I'll give you an A if it's cool. Okay. I'll grade, I'll grade the thing you're saying. Okay. On how cool it is. And sometimes you'll, you'll, just, A to F. you'll just write, see me. Yeah, see me after class. Yeah. <laughs> Winky. <laughs> okay, great. All right, so let's take it from the top. Yeah. Hey, Tanner. Yeah. I'm glad you're here, and I want to welcome you. Oh, thanks. Because we were just, I've been here all night. We were just on break. Yeah, but welcome. Welcome. Now. To the show. No, not the show. Welcome to our school. Welcome to the cool school. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to school. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Oh, ring, 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 ring. Cool is session. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to school. I gotta. That's cool. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, hey, welcome to the cool school, babies and gentlemen. Welcome, Tanner. I'm gonna ask. My name is Professor Tanner Greenring. I am the dean of the school of cool, <laughs> and this is my assistant professor. You can call him Jack. He's more of a TA. Doctor Jack Shepard. Yeah, he's kind of like a TA around here. I'm just a, call him Jack. You can be super familiar with him. I'm he's, a, he's writing kind of my, younger. He's less esteemed than I am. I'm writing my master's thesis on cool. Yeah. So I'm not I mean, doctor. I've written several academic texts on cool. Okay. I'm kind of like I essentially wrote the book on cool. B, I'm a BA because I'm not a doctor yet. So I'm I'm a BA. I would say TA. Can I do it from the top? Okay, I'm a, I'm the TA with the BA, and yeah. I'm writing my master's thesis on what's cool. Yeah. Hey, professor. Hey. Thanks for taking the time with your office hours. Jack, uh, no problem. Here in the cool school. Yeah. Well, Jack, we're up in front of the class right now. Yeah. Doing this lecture, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well. Sorry, class. He's a little slow. Prof. Yeah. You asked me to prepare some materials for your class this week. Yeah, for the lecture. Because I'm the TA. And um, so I've prepared three things, and I'm going to throw them to you, each one. Okay. And you can tell me whether they're cool or not, and then give me a grade, hopefully, which doesn't count towards whether I get my MA or not. Well, I'm counting on you to select only the coolest things. Okay. So I've selected three things that I think are cool from the Babysitter's Club novel, Abby's Unvalentine. Okay. She looks pretty cool on the cover. Yeah, everybody will agree. Is that one of them? No, not, that's not. I don't want to use that. But it I, okay. it is true. I think it's definitively true. She does not look cool. She, she does looks like a mess. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get into that later. 
So I've got three things, Prof. Okay. Hey, sorry. It's weird that it's me just talking to the class because the professor stopped paying attention. Are you back? Oh, you're back, Prof. I was paying attention the whole time. Okay. I was nodding sagely. Oh. So I've got three things you asked for that I think are cool. You tell me whether they're cool or not. Ready? Welcome to the cool school. Okay. First thing. What am I doing? I think he's nodding sagely. I've got to admit that he's nodding sagely. And that is cool. Yeah. I think that this is a cool way of speaking. Hit me. You hungry? Christy transferred her attention to me. Already bageled with cream cheese and locks, I said. Well, I need to English muffin, Christy said, then grinned. Come on, you can keep me company. Is that cool? I don't know if you're baiting me, Jack. Yeah. It feels like you're baiting me. Okay. Because this is, and I don't want to break character. No, and you can't. And I don't want to break segments. You can break segments, but you can't break character. So you, whatever you're saying, you need to say to the entire assembled class of students in front of you who are diligently taking notes. Class? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not the class. I'm the fucking TA. <laughs> I hate to bring this up, but what your TA the passage your TA just read is clearly one of the most startling and obvious references to bread theory that we've ever had on the show. And we're going to put that aside right now because we are in segment. And Cool School is in session. Cool School is in session, and it would be too much right now to stop and explain bread theory to all of you. Okay. And why what they said is significant, and it is extremely significant. It's the key that unlocks this whole thing. Mm -hmm. But because we are in another segment, and because Cool School is in session, we can't get to that right now. Can you tell us anything at all about... Sorry, Cool School is in session. Okay. Can't get into it right now. Okay. I judge that an A-. minus. That's cool. It's pretty cool way of speaking. Already bageled. Yeah. Hey, Jack. Yeah. Did you eat dinner before we started? No, actually. Oh, cool. I'm full because I already um, grilled cheesed. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fucking great. I'm pretty grilled cheesed. (laughs) I'm actually feeling pretty grilled cheesed, so I'm okay. Looking forward to Alu Go being after this. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. I'm going to go on Alu Gobi after this. I like it. Yeah, good. A. Oh, you like it. A minus. Excellent. Abby early on describes... Is this your next one? No, this isn't. This is just something I thought was cool. Describes... Uh, well, I guess that would be one. So I'm not yeah, going to use that is one. But I just wanted to say, at some point, early on, Abby says, the violin was violining when I got home, which I think is cool because it's a very interesting example of the internal accusative or the cognate accusative. What's your next one? Okay, fine. That's actually that. I'm no. going to count that. No, I have three. And it's a D. No, oh, that doesn't count. So now your cumulative score is whatever's halfway between a D no, and no, a D. No, no, no. I minus. get three, and that doesn't count. I was just telling you that off episode. Okay, okay. hang on. Okay, here's my second one. You ready? Yeah. <sighs> I held up my hands. Okay, okay. I said, talk. Who's wearing what to the dance? Jesse said, well, I'm going with some other kids from my grade, and we all want to wear red. I've got this red shirt that would look terrific, but maybe it's a little too, you know, dressy. I know the shirt you're talking about, Claudia said instantly. It'll look great with the right accessories. 
Is that cool to go to the dance instead of with a boy? You and all your friends all wear red? No, only dorks do that. C minus. Okay. I thought that was cool. Claudia thought it was cool. C minus. Okay. Don't count the so sec- a, don't count the second a, one. We're not counting the second one. No, because that was just me talking what you to you said as was friends. Really dorky. It's cool to say the violin was violining, but then you added this analysis which tainted it. <laughs> Do you want to count it or not? I don't want to count it. Okay, well then you're at a B minus okay. right now. I would like at some point to talk to you about the internal or cognate accusative. C C. Okay. Okay. Plus. No. 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 Okay. All right. B minus. Okay. So one cool, one not cool. I've got one last one. Is this cool? That was you talking, Anna. Ross said, finally. You weren't pretending to like classical music or flowers to imitate Abby? Are you kidding? I answered. I like soccer, not string quartets. The only flowers I like are the ones I mow down on the soccer field on the way to the goal. Hell yeah. A plus. (laughs) Woo. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Can I try? Yeah, please. Will you be Professor Jack for a moment? The pupil has become the master. Oh, wait. Can, is the TA is in charge of the class, or do you want me to pretend to be No, you? this is a different class. Okay. The last class was like the master class, and this is like 101. Okay. Where they've got some kind of like low-rate professor, like some young dude. No one has a lot of respect for him. They don't have to pay him a lot. Okay. You know? Fun. And I'm like, I'm not a TA, but I'm like a really brilliant student. Okay. Who like speaks up a lot in class. Okay, fine. Um, hey guys, uh, it's me, the, uh, the professor of the class, Jack. I've got my master's in cool. Yeah. And I'm ready uh, to answer hey, professor, all your questions. Not, sorry not to speak over you, but. No, um, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Can I can I actually run a couple things that I thought were really cool by you this week? Uh, sure, your comments are always the most interesting in the class, and <laughs> so cool school one on one. Okay, well, I actually did have a thing prepared, but do you, why don't we start? We'll start with your thing. When Ross stopped by my desk after class, I said, "Mrs. Colley doesn't want to hear it, does she? I mean, please give me a break. It is a little over the top. If you don't take it too seriously, Valentine's Day can be fun," he said. Maybe. I'm trying to maintain an ironic distance, <laughs> I replied. I wasn't sure what that meant, but it sounded good. That Okay, guess what? That's an A+, plus because it's cool to maintain an ironic distance, and it's doubly cool to not even really fucking know what it means. <laughs> when it's triply cool that she's kind of right about what it means. Yeah! Too. Ah, that's cool. Can I read one more to you? Hmm. I have two. Please. I weirdly have two things for your segment. <laughs> Can I fucking get some credit that Cool School is the coolest fucking segment of all time? Yeah. Thank you. Walking into the room was like walking into a stage. I was the unwilling star, and Ross was the audience of one. He kept staring at me, and once, when he caught my eye, he smiled. I didn't roll my eyes, so you can't really say I was rude. Naturally, the discussion was about poetry again, but this time I was prepared. When Mrs. Cawley asked, by, by the way, suspicious, mm. Nola, mm-hmm. that their poetry teacher is called Mrs. Cawley. Yeah. When Miss Cawley asked for someone to read, I raised my hand. I have a sonnet, I said. Shakespeare, 
number 130. Oh, yeah. I'd gotten the idea from an old episode of my so-called life I'd seen on television. Yeah. Is that cool? Okay. So, I thought about this at the time. Yeah. It's cool to like my so-called life. No question about that. I think it's also cool to only know Shakespeare from old episodes of my soul. I was going to say it's not cool to read sonnets. Like you could just. She doesn't. It's hard to pull that up. She reads the whole fucking thing. Well, but she doesn't get the sonnet because she's in love with Shakespeare's sonnets. She only knows the sonnet from an old episode of my so-called life. I know, but she reads the sonnet in class 130. It's kind of a baller sonnet. Yeah, it's a dark lady sonnet. Yeah. That's just the, those are the, we've talked about the Dark Lady song. Yeah. On the show. Amazingly, astoundingly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sonnets where Shakespeare wasn't all that into the, the woman. He, he is. He's captivated by her. Yeah, but he thinks she's ugly. Yeah. Well, that's not true. But, well, that's kind of the gist of sonnet. We're not, I, we, I see, oh, we're not going to read it because it's not cool to read a sonnet. So I'm going to give that a C. No, Jack. Oh, it's my class. I'm the brilliant student. I'm the fucking. Teacher, you're get out being of my vindictive class. because I'm so much cooler than get you, and none class. of the students respect you. you. Get out of here. I'm gone. Good. I'm going to go to that cool professor's class. Fine. Where I'll actually be enriched. Great. And I'll learn something. Cool. That is Professor cool. Tanner Greenring. I've his heard class. of him. I've heard of him. And my name, Professor, because you never asked before now because yeah. you don't care about your students or your job. True. My name is, I am a young Jack Shepard. What? And I'm going to go be a TA for that teacher, <gasps> Professor Tanner Greenring. <laughs> it's an origin story. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow! An origin story within a new segment? Oh, wow. What a complex tapestry these two just weaved. <laughs> and school's out. And school's out for summer. School's <laughs> out for summer. That's cool. What were the final grades? You gave me an A plus and a C, yeah, which is a, a B, B plus. B-ish. Yeah. B plus. Mm-hmm. I think you ended with a, probably around a B plus. Yeah. It's pretty good. We're both pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about a new thing. We've finished our hot segment. I want to discuss with you something that is sanctioned by this text, the question of the historical St. Valentine. Oh, right. I read that passage. Which was very interesting. You read the passage. Dolly One, my history teacher, gave us a little lesson on St. Valentine, who may or may not have been a mythical figure. Um, It's obviously something that Anne and Nola want us to discuss. Uh, Mythical or not, says Abby, he clearly had some influence in Stony Brook. So St. Valentine has some influence in Stony Brook, which I think is fascinating. Uh, St. Valentine, as you probably know, is a widely recognized third century saint. Mm-hmm. And he has been associated with the tradition of courtly love, which is something that I would love if we had more time to talk about. The thing that I'm particularly interested in this case, we don't have time to talk about the tradition of courtly love, but we can talk about the fact that Valentine was martyred or was thought to have been martyred after refusing to sacrifice to pagan gods. But before he was martyred, it's funny. the miracles that he performed involved laying his hands Upon, in some cases, his judges or the daughter of his judge and restoring their sight. How many blind judges were there? Their daughters were blind. 
Why are all the judges' daughters blind? That's suspicious. It's the Middle Ages. If I was a policeman in the Middle Ages... If I were a policeman in the Middle Ages... If I were a policeman in the Middle Ages, I would be awfully suspicious about the fact that all of the judges and their daughters were blind. There's The daughters adopted. All of the daughters are also adopted? In different versions of the story, yes, they were always adopted. Does that help you solve the case? So we're talking about multiple judges, all of whom are blind, and they all have adopted daughters also blind. (laughs) That's how it feels like a conspiracy. But don't you think Valentine's curing them all? That also seems suspicious. I don't see it. That's just another wrinkle. Before his head was cut off. We could do like a full season of cereal about this. Well, we won't be able to get any more information because Valentine is then executed. But supposedly, you said a second ago, no one's quite sure what happened to Valentine. Oh, this is a different... In this story, before his head is cut off, Valentine restores sight to the daughter of his jailer. Now, Now the jailer's daughters are blind as well? Yeah. Okay. And he had already had his head cut off? Well, so let me land this point before we go further into the mystery. Okay. Valentine, who is brought up in this novel, is famous for curing blindness. Oh, I see. But this novel, which is about not a Valentine, but an unvalentine, it's about also is about the blindness that is uncured. Deb. She didn't come up. The blind girl who we thought was going to get the seeing eye dog when she was not first mentioned. introduced, not mentioned. An unvalentine is symbolic of a lack of sight, a darkness. Uh, Scout is in this book. Yes. And they do need to finally give Scout back to the seeing eye dog foundation. Mm-hmm. And Andrew is not happy about it, but there is no mention of where Scout is going and whether or not Scout is going to Deb, I assume not. No, well, it, uh, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought Nola was going to have a chance finally to bring Deb with her dinosaur energy back. She elected not to. Deb, you will remember from the novel, Christy Thomas Dog Trainer. Dong Trainer? No, that's not, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about about Valentine. We could also, if you wanted to, talk about Narcissus. Um, as you know, uh, Ross gives uh, Abby a Da-da. Narcissus flower. And I was thinking about the mythology. Wait, did you make... Da-da-da. What is it? Da-da-da. What is it? Back in black. Back in black. What does this city. have to do with the myth of Narcissus? This is the hit segment that we have mm-hmm. about what Pete Black was up to this week, Baby Nation. Pete Black Pete was Black fucking was in this book. killing it this week. <laughs> he appeared one time. Woo! But did he ever? And he was he just commanded the page. Yeah. Do you want to do it or do you want me to? Oh, I would love... If you're going to let me read the Pete Black passage, I would be f- delighted. Yeah, do it. Do we, is there, like, should we put some cool music behind it? Because it's so fucking cool. Yeah, we'll find some cool music. I guess probably the Pete Black music. I feel like we can only play about 10 seconds of the Pete Black music because, uh... ACDC will take us out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so check this out. Check this shit out. Check out what Pete Black was up to this week. Miss Collie beamed. Emily, she said to Emily Bernstein, 
Please turn to page 126 in your textbook and read sonnet number 18. Emily gulped, stood up, and cleared her throat. She began to read in a solemn voice. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Naturally, since Emily is a good student, she read very well. P. Black didn't read so well. Hell yeah. He rushed through the rest of the sonnet and did not look happy. The snickers from some of his friends when he read certain words didn't help the situation. But I noticed that many, if not most, of the girls in our class, including Emily, were giving Pete their complete attention. Fuck yeah, Pete. Pete! Get it, you dog! Black! Class president! Everybody! Emily Bernstein? Mrs. Cauley? Mrs. Cauley? <laughs> She's caught the love bug? The boys, the girls, the teachers. Everybody in that classroom wrapped attention on old Pete Black. Good job, Pete. Good job, Pete, you dog. Double ugh. Double ugh. That's what Abby says. That's not what I say. Oh, sorry, everyone except Abby. Yeah, Abby didn't love it. She's genuinely not into boys. Yeah. And this is credit to Nola. I thought this week that, because Ross early on, before he gets all milady. Yeah, Ross is a bit of a creep. Ross early on seems like kind of a cool dude. Everyone's like, oh, Ross, he's good looking. Everybody likes him. He's an orchestra. And Abby's like, I'm not interested. And I thought that the trajectory of this book was going to be that like Abby eventually realizes that like it's not that cool to shit all over Valentine's Day and love is actually cool and maybe she has feelings for Ross. Uh-uh. Abby has no fucking interest. Yeah. And I got to say, Team Abby, because after the first rejection where he's like, hey, you want to go to the Valentine's Day dance with me? And she's like, no. No. Then he shows up every single day at her house with flowers. Yeah. Well, his his mom's a florist. I know, but like that's it is weird. It's still not. He it's is not a little cool. like he's a little yeah. He's a little nice guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's kind of creep. He's a creep. He's a creep. He ends up dating Anna. Oh, he doesn't. And so we shouldn't really call him a creep because he's going to be in our lives for the rest of these books. Yeah, Anna and he really hit it off. They do a twin swap thing. That was fun. Uh, Abby doesn't like him for sure. Anna does. They go to yeah. the symphony. Nerds, can, can I say this? Yeah. Nerds. Nerds. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go to a con- concerto. Yeah. Do you want it? Should we have another segment that's just, that's nerds? Yes. That's nerds. Because that's wah, nerds. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. That's nerds. Yeah, that's nerds. All right, Jack. Let's talk about witches. I also want to talk about witches. Um, I think that Pumpkin the Cat is Morbid of Destiny in cat form. Interesting. Okay, so Pumpkin is the new kitten that they replaced Boo Boo with, and they didn't even fucking say, I'll be missing you. Yeah, that was the, they put that burden on us. They put that on us. Oh, thanks, you, Nola. You'll be missing Boo Boo. We'll do all the hard work this week. We don't, because we got a fucking new kitten. We'll do all the fucking emotional labor this week. Nola. <sighs> anyway, Morbid of Destiny is obviously pumpkin in cat okay. form. Interesting. shifted. Please, please, please read me the passage. This, we finally, finally got Morbid of Destiny back this week. And boy, am I worried. Scout and I will keep witch watch, Andrew said. He turned to stare at Mrs. Porter's big old house. Marianne had to admit that in its dark, run-down state, 
It did look like a drawing of a haunted house from a children's book. Oh, like someone hasn't been there in a while. Like it's been abandoned. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. That's my setup for Morbetta Destiny being Pumpkin the Cat. Okay. Here's the payoff. <laughs> I'm very interested. Karen slipped a hand into Mary Ann's lap. Pumpkin likes me best, she confided in a very soft voice, especially for her. But she's not my kitten. She belongs to all of us. If Pumpkin likes you best, David Michael said practically, then that makes you Pumpkin's person. It's just the same as Pumpkin being your kitten. We reached the family room and Karen cooed, Pumpkin, purr kitty. Immediately, a half-grown, midnight black kitten levitated up to the back of the sofa. Fuck. Arched her spine and tiptoed cat style. Cat style, Jack. Yes. Not tiptoed, full stop, because she's a cat, and that's what cats do. She tiptoed like someone who was imitating a cat to the end of the sofa back and then said, morale. Morale. Not something a cat says. This And this goes into my theory that Morbid Destiny is a protector, a snake-like protector of Karen. In the Dark Timeline. Well, she had to manifest herself as a cat in the Dark Timeline. Okay, well, great. I have a passage that will back this up. This is obviously you're on the right track. Listen to this. The record book is Marianne's responsibility as club secretary. In it, she writes down all our babysitting appointments, our other appointments, such as Jesse's dance classes, and all the pertinent information about our clients. Names, addresses, rates paid, and important details. Who's allergic to milk, for example? Or who might have developed a phobia about cats? <laughs> Why is everybody in Stony Brook suddenly developing a phobia about cats, Tanner? I will answer you because the witches have become cats or what you might call cat people. Cat people. Oh, my God. That's what that is. This is how it happens, huh? That's how it happens. Wow. Nola, you know what? Yes. You did it, Nola. You tied up a thread. You did it, Nola. Nola did it. Yeah. She tied up one of the loose ends. Leave it to Nola. She knows we're coming to the end here. Now we know how a cat person is made. It's when a witch melds with a cat and levitates into your life. (laughs) Yep. Jack, here's a question. Yeah. For you. Okay. This week, did you have a... (gasps) (gasps) Yeah. Okay. I bet I fucking did. Here's my burn of the week. Jaquie Grant, a punk-esque type... (laughs) whose claim to fame is green streaked hair, a nose ring, and the fact that she once got snagged by security guards while drinking at a concert, and also fucking defeated Ryu Hayabusa uh-huh. after stealing the statue that contains both the statue, light right. and the dark d- demon inside. Yeah. But apparently yep. Noah left that out. Yeah. Jaquie Grant added to my dismay by saying... It's like the lyrics of a great song, you know? She then rattled off the words of one of U4Me's lame 
love rants. Miss Colley practically levitated. What? <laughs> she a cat? <laughs> Excellent connection, Jacqui. Just as rock music speaks to people of our era, Shakespeare was the voice of the people in his era. You mean people went around talking like that? Pete looked horrified. <laughs> it's a burn on Shakespeare, the bard himself. But Pete Black, you back got back and, and black. blacked. You just got back and blacked. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Back to fucking 16th century England or whatever. Okay. 15th? 17th. 17th. What was your burn this week? Was it a burn on the bard? No. No. This is after Anna goes on her date with Ross. Was the music nice? I asked. Never mind that, Anna said. Abby, he asked me to the dance tonight. <laughs> That's great, Anna. I jumped to my feet, flicked off the soccer game I was watching, and said, we better get to work. We spent most of the rest of the afternoon going through both of our closets, picking out just the right outfit. Needless to say, Anna was too nervous to eat much dinner. When I was dating your father, Mom teased Anna, he would have been insulted if I'd picked up my food the way you're doing. But Dad was a great cook, Mom. Anna said. <laughs> Does she then call her queen of the takeout? Queen of the takeout menu. Bad cook, queen of the takeout menu. Burn on Mrs. Stevenson. Rachel, you suck at cooking and you're bad at raising kids. And you should go back to Scholastic. Both of your daughters have minor scoliosis, and that's your doing. Yeah, that's your fault. And one of your daughters dates a nerd. One of your daughter dates a nerd, and the other one doesn't have any capacity for love whatsoever yeah congrats rachel yeah look at what you've done yeah you've raised two sociopaths you raised a nerd and someone who looks at the one day we have set aside to celebrate love and sees in it the photo negative of what that is the unvalentine she sees only the darkness and you did that, Rachel. And you did that, Rachel, because you got in bed with the scholastic liars. Mm. And in their, you're in their pocket. You're in their pocket. And in their bed. Yeah, and you can't cook. And you can't cook. Takeout queen. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit of a takeout queen. <laughs> I like takeout queen. Let's order. And it's like, what do you want to order? And it's like, well, you better let me look because I'm a bit of a takeout queen. I'm kind queen. of a takeout queen. Yeah. Uh, Tanner, I was thinking we should get the fuck out of here. Ah, uh, okay. Normally you're more enthusiastic. I just like spending time with my bud. I like spending time with you as well. However, we've come to the end of our allotted time, and I would like to thank you for bearing with me. You're welcome. Baby Nation, I would like to thank you for bearing with us. Please take a moment to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. For the love of God. It takes but a moment. Just do it right now. Please. Please. If you like the show, recommend it to a friend. If you really like the show, go to our merch shop, uh -huh. bit.ly slash BSCC merch, generously hosted by DFTBA. Don't forget to be awesome. Where we have two shirts available for purchase. A bee theory and a bread theory shirt. Designed by Baby B. John at Voxadevil on Twitter. And two pins, uh -huh. which are kind of a package deal, and you have to order them together. And I, Jack Shepard, pin. I'm Tanner Greenring. And another one. And we will see you next week. This week, Baby Nation, we read a book that was called Abby's Unvalentine. Next week, we're going to be reading the final Claudia book, Claudia 
and the little liar. I don't like it. Can you stop saying the final every babysitter <laughs> book? <laughs> this is where this is where we're at. I hate it. I don't love it either. And it's called Claudia and the Little Liar. Uh, scholastic. Scholastic. They made themselves into a character in the next yeah. one. Uh, they put them, they're like, oh, we got one last book. No one's reading these anymore. Might as well put ourselves in. Yeah. Put ourselves in because vanity it's project. Nepotism. Yeah. I, I fucking, I went to law school for nepotism. <laughs> it's weird. You think you would go to law school for law, but. No, not these guys. Yeah. They went for nepotism and cronyism. Yeah. Yeah. A little liar. That's like liars. No wonder, hey, no wonder they haven't come after us to sue us yet because they didn't bother to deal with IP infringement or copyright law. Yeah. Because they're too busy studying nepotism. Nepotism. Cronyism. Being cronies. Yeah. Crooks. And crooks. This week, Baby Nation, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. I'm Tim Green Ring. And have been this week. Baby Nation, please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom. Drown all your dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Baby Nation, for the love of God, remember Boo Boo, the cat. I, we belong together. We'll be missing you, Boo Boo. And you know that I'm right. <sighs> Why do you play with my heart? Why do you play with my mind? And so we've come to the end of the road. Still I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Boo boo. R.I.P. Baby Nation! Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way you talk, you'd think she'd never been invented. Take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been Invented. We don't have time to talk about the pepperoni man. I don't think we have the leniency in our explicit rating to talk about the pepperoni man can i read you at least the passage and then we'll just leave it unsaid sure but this one's getting an explicit warning okay fine and that's only if you it's in the book okay baby nation sorry this is this one's gonna be e for explicit because ann and nola found it fit to talk about someone called the pepperoni man this week it's rated x fucking filthy i have big valentine's day plans myself i said Christy and I are going to a horror movie, and then for pizza, we're going to see Pepperoni Man, the one about the delivery guy who, <gasps> I don't want to know, Anna protested. Yeah. Yeah. I looked up Pepperoni Man. It came don't, out of it. Nola's diseased imagination. <laughs> came from the time Nola spent on the dark web. Yeah. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>